I'm Amy, sex educator, sex and relationship coach, and sex shop owner. And I'm April, VP of an international high-end pleasure products company and boss queen sex toy mogul. We're best friends who make our own rules about who we are as sexual beings. With everything from how to be a badass in the bedroom to top tips for bringing your relationship to the next level, we have something just for you. So sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. Don't forget to head on over to our website at shamelesssex.com for more. And for 15% off of some of our favorite sex toys, use coupon code SHAMELESSPP in all caps at purepleasureshop.com. You are listening to a pleasure podcast. For more from our sex podcast collective, visit pleasurepodcasts.com. Well, hello, everyone. Yo, 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 party people. Welcome to the shameless sex party. You know, this is the party you've always wanted to join because we're shameless, but consent is very important when you're hanging out with us. Worker, 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 shameless sex. <laughs> oh, my gosh. <laughs> Uh, it's a fun day over here at Shane the Sex Headquarters. This podcast, I know this title doesn't sound that juicy for you. Maybe it's not all about how to be a better lover, but this really speaks to a lot of folks and affects a lot of people. And um, we're doing this episode. So it's, it's depression, anxiety, even ADHD, SSRIs, and how it all relates to sex. We are doing this for a very specific reason. One, we receive a lot of sex questions about this. Two, we're not doctors. Three, I have commented on this in the past and it upset people because I am not the person that should be talking about it and you are all right. I didn't know what the fuck I was talking about. Uh, we did this episode because we did want more information for ourselves. From, an, from a professional. From a from professional. someone who is a knows. licensed marriage and family therapist who does special in sexuality and gender issues and does work with folks who have depression. And while we don't can't fully say we know um, how you categorize de- depression, I, I think if someone wants to say I have a mental illness and it's depression, then they get to say that. You know, if I heard someone say that they have depression, I wouldn't immediately think you have a mental illness. But I think that if someone wants to say that that's what their experience is, then that's their experience. And I'll definitely go with that. And and so bringing Melissa on was really important for us. We listen to all of, we read all of your reviews, everything you send us, every email we get and every review you put on iTunes. We read all of them and we take them into consideration. Now, the listener who said that we're annoying and you want to jump off a bridge. We just kind of laughed about that and said to ourselves, well, there's 7.6 billion people in the world. We can't please them all. Yeah. And maybe you should listen to another podcast. Yeah, and we're in a fine. podcast family. Go listen to the sex talk with my mom, body storytelling. Well, the beauty lots of other about options. free speech, which podcasts at this point, hopefully they stay that way, are a form of free speech. That is why it's a beautiful place to be the us of a slash other countries that you have the ability to listen to whatever you want and we're we have the ability to say whatever we want we do give disclaimers that we're not doctors and we are not playing god and i don't have a god complex so i'm not going to tell anyone what to do i will only make suggestions and advice based on what i've learned and or and experienced when we make suggestions and advice that you actually do think was inaccurate send us an email and tell us and we will read it and we will consider it because i have no fear in owning when i fucked up but remember I, that shit sandwich. I love shit sandwiches. <laughs> hey, here's the ways that you do a great job, and here's how you could do better. Hey, Amy, you're hot. And? And yesterday, you sucked. <laughs> but you know what? I really like your butt, too. <laughs> there. That was a very 
kind of degrading shit sandwich, though. I mean, I might go for that, though. I might go for <laughs> You're just very aesthetically pleasing, Amy. But I need to know why I sucked, <laughs> because and then I can't improve. You know, if you tell me with the ways that I can improve, and it, it's one thing if you're saying you can just, just improve for you, then that's not really going to work. But how I can improve for all of our listeners, or most of them, I am so into that, and I will own when I can do better, and I could have done, be- done better in the past when I s- spoke up on SSRIs and depression when I don't have a lot of information about it. So I can change it to compliment sandwich if that makes you feel better. I like shit sandwiches. And okay. compliment sandwich, I just think it's but funny. I do get a visual of shit in a sandwich when you say that. Yeah. Which reminds me of my mom because my mom, when I was younger, <laughs> <laughs> used to not like when I would say cuss words because she would get a visual of it. Like oh. fucking shit. And she would see fucking shit. What did she shitting. get when you said damn? Like a big damn? <laughs> I don't know, beaver. A big beaver. <laughs> going off to get some sticks. My mom <laughs> is one of the people that li- listens to every episode the day it comes out. I love so her. So she is listening to this right as we speak. Right, Well, not in this moment, but in the future. In this moment, she is listening to this. So mom... April wants to know, <laughs> <laughs> what do you think when we say damn? Bitch. She just thinks of a dog. Cock. Balls. <laughs> <laughs> this episode is brought to you by Balls. <laughs> Amy Baldwin. Also known as my, in high school, my nickname was Bald Nuts. Not that my nuts were bald. I didn't have nuts and I was not bald in the pubic mound region. It was just a creative name. Um, and speaking of mom, <laughs> everyone. So Melissa, who actually guested on this podcast, is who's talking about uh, depression, anxiety, SSRIs, and ADHD too. Uh, she's taught workshops at Pure Pleasure. Um, that's how I know her. Actually, is through Pure Pleasure. So shout out to Melissa and shout out to Pure Pleasure Moms Sex Shop. Mom loves words like shit, cock balls. Um, <laughs> go to purepleasureshop.com if you want to learn more about Pure Pleasure. They have all the best sex toys, and you get fifteen percent off with coupon. Coupon code shameless sex in all caps. Mom, we love you. Cock balls. Um, <laughs> and then Patreon. Everyone. Oh, Patreon. We created Patreon because we need new microphones. Right now, what we are doing, if you go to our Instagram, if you're not following us on Instagram, you can see what we're doing. We're holding a microphone that looks like it's from the 80s that is a good microphone. It's a great microphone. But we have to place it next to our mouth in the perfect position. And a lot of our guests don't know how to do that. And my brother's trying to make a sticker for us. And he's afraid that's going to look like we're just sucking on dicks. <laughs> <laughs> so maybe you're into us look like we're sucking on dicks. Don't donate to our Patreon. But what we would love is to buy three mics that are pretty expensive that come with the headphones and then a mic connected to it. Like it looks like we're airplane pilots. And then we don't have to worry about our guests putting the mic in the perfect spot. And well, our sound will be so much better. And when we record with guests, because right now when we record with guests, we're sharing not only a really shitty ear uh, headphone uh, earbuds. Um, no offense to your earbuds, Amy, but we're sharing them. I have to get Amy's earwax out of them every she's time. She's a germaphobe, so she's and, not into it. <laughs> and then our, we're sharing a microphone, too. So this will help eliminate... Basically, some of our really, I mean, we really have some amateur equipment right now because when we did this, it was all our own investment. Well, and I do all the editing, I, too, Amy does folks. the editing. Amy does a lot of work for this podcast. For maybe $5 an hour. And, and she's beautiful. So you know what? Do it for my looks. I'm really, I'm winning. You have a great, you have a great face for radio. <laughs> I know. <laughs> Shit. Damn it. Get on our Instagram so you can see what I look like. And <laughs> but no, seriously though. Uh so by donating on Patreon and you get exclusive 
prizes, deals, offers, not deals. You get gifts from us for donating. But what you contribute to is making our podcast better. You're essentially contributing to the changing all the emails that we get from people that say, you changed my life, but from X, Y, and Z, which we get every day. You contribute to that by donating on Patreon and supporting two folks who are doing this as a passion project and aren't making the big bucks from this and have about five other jobs to live. And this is not a pressure thing, but if you have a couple extra bucks and you love us, that would be awesome. And we'll give you some shout outs. Skip your coffee today and give us some of your coffee money. Give me your money. <laughs> give me your money now. Give me your euro. I'll take euros. We take Bitcoin. Ooh, I'll take I'll take a whole Bitcoin. I'll take if you one have whole one. Bitcoin. We you have to go to patreon.com backslash shameless. shameless sex. Good job. I, I did I almost it forgot. almost. High five. Yeah. You know what? I have a great face for radio too. She does. She's got a great <laughs> radio brain. Okay, you ready for a sex question? Um, yeah, legend is too. It's passed out on your lap. Exactly. Dog mom. Okay. My wife and I have been married for 10 years. I am a 35-year-old cis man, and she is a 35-year-old cis woman. Whether we are having sex or anal, she gets no feelings at all, and she only does it once a month, only to keep me happy. I'm not small. I'm seven inches with a large girth. I please her before, and we watch porn. She gets feeling if i use a vibrator on her clip but only that can you advise me on what might be wrong or what we can do i have three words for you i need to take a deep breath before you say your words okay go omg yes <laughs> no for real Seriously. that's for legit legit this is what i would recommend I, and i'm well, sure you would too my, one your... of my first questions is you say i please her before and we watch porn but she gets no feeling <laughs> I'm at, what are you doing? Like, what is right. your, how do you please her before? And this is, so go into OMGS because yes, I agree. I do too. <laughs> oh, I was going to say you go into it. Oh, oh you, I oh, you to talk so <laughs> I wasn't looking at you. I was thinking about what, the, what that looks like. I was visualizing just like mom does what the swear words look like. And you're what, visualizing that this person pleasing them yes, and watching porn. And I'm wondering if, the communication between them, if um, the uh, his partner is communicating actually what she likes, or if he's just making assumptions, because it seems like there's a there's a flurry of she's communicating. She gets no feeling. She gets no feeling, and then vibrators help, which is great. And there are a lot of vibrators out there that you can use that maybe aren't bulky either so they can become almost part of you and if that's how she's getting off pleasure is pleasure pleasure is pleasure and so there's i think that's something that people get stuck on like i have to have a tool so or, i'm not or as good my penis needs to do everything or my mouth or my fingers yeah that's not fair but we, she's having an orgasm if and if feeling from a vibrator. she's having pleasure and or if even if she doesn't get to orgasm every time that necessarily, if she's experiencing pleasure and she's telling you this feels great, this is pleasurable, then fuck, you both are doing your jobs. Yeah, it, it's it's this idea that that you're that potentially this potentially you might think that your masculinity and your worthiness is is based on your sexual performance, i.e., what your cock can do, your hands can do, and your mouth can do, and to give her orgasms and because she's not having feeling you're taking upon yourself, but you're also putting pressure on her and making about ha needing to happen a certain way when she is having sensation and pleasure, but it's from vibrators, which is totally fine. There's nothing wrong with that. There's no hierarchy of pleasure. Now, if she's saying, 
I want to learn to have orgasms other ways for her. That's she doesn't learn that for you. Right. That, that, that's not how that works. Like, I don't learn how to have more pleasure for your sake. And I learn she how to have more pleasure be, for me. Maybe she wants some internal stim or she wants to learn how to female ejaculate. And that's a whole different scenario. And that's where OMGS can be a great tool. Yes. There's a lot of different humans on there with their own experiences and you can watch interactive videos it's amazing it's an online program so if you go to omgs.com backslash shameless uh, our listeners get five dollars off online program research based 62 videos of actual vulva owners showing you this is how i like to pleasure myself and they're showing finger techniques and there's a variety of them because maybe you haven't figured out what she likes maybe she doesn't even know what she likes so you can watch it and learn and you two can try these things together you can watch it together or she can watch her own and tell you which ones she might be interested in it will add more options to the menu my guess is that this whole i try to please her before and we watch porn is not cutting it for her Whatever you're doing to, to to touch her and whatever she's not saying or is saying, it just it's not going it's not going anywhere. And so OMGS can give you inspiration on things to try and for her to figure out what she likes and for you to follow that path with her and or her. I think the genius thing would be to watch one a week, and then if you go on a seven day vacation, watch one every day on vacation and just try a There's new 62. thing. Yes. How does this feel? Do you like this more of this, less of this? So everyone, go check it out, and for especially for this listener, um, OMGS has totally changed our lives. It's been phenomenal. Just ignore that ring that just happened. I'm getting used to it. I need to figure Mr. out. Mr. Rogers' neighborhood. We've got the mailman here. <laughs> <laughs> Damn it! Every time. Um, and with that, um, I just also want to say, comment on this person's talked about their cock size. They said, I'm not small. I'm seven inches with a large girth, which tells me that you think that your cock should be the reason why they have orgasms mm. or have pleasure or feeling and that because you're the perfect size or an average size or actually it's a, that's above average seven inches is above average that would be average. too big for my vaginal canal i have a t- i have a shallow one it's not all about the size of your cock that plays a small role in it it's about the energy that you show up with are you just having sex with this person so that you get pleasure are you showing having showing up for them because you just want to honor them and not even get anything out of it because that's fucking awesome when you can show up that way of you know what yeah i want to fuck you that sounds amazing and what do you like? What do you want? How about we make this about you and not about me for a week or a month and see how that feels and what we can learn instead of just making it about me. Um, and I might sound kind of heated about this and I kind of am honestly a little heated about it. I don't think that you're a bad person at all, at all. I'm not, I'm not like judging you as if there's anything wrong with you because this is society's, I'm mad at the fucking system. This is porn that, and this is society that has told us that if only your cock was this size and you did X, Y, and Z, then your woman should have all these orgasms. And you're one of the millions of people that have bought into that. And I've, I work with those people all the time. And so there's so much that you can do there to make it not about your penis and your worthiness and make it really about your partner. And, and it will, and the OMGS can really um, inspire that. And guess what? That's the beauty of humanity. We get a do-over. Every day you wake up is a new day mm-hmm. to change what you what has been ingrained into your belief system or tradition or whatever it is. If it's not serving you and not working for you, you can change it. And I have a way to make this a shit sandwich. Ooh. Here's the other side of the bread. Hats off to you for asking this question and being brave enough to seek this out and asking how you can be better. 
So I like that shit sandwich. Yeah. So I'll leave it today. <laughs> today's the first day of the rest of your life. <laughs> well, I like a theme song for that yeah. one. Dun, 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 dun. You know what I was singing in my head the whole time? What? Ain't no woman like the one I got. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. After I broke up with my partner and uh, we broke up with each other. That song randomly and not randomly came to my head like a week later when we were hanging out and I we were in Death Valley and I was just like I don't know I'm like hey no woman like the one I got he's like and he's funny. like why are you singing that right now I'm like well it makes sense doesn't it? <laughs> <laughs> subliminally because you don't got me no more yes you're just playing it in the background you shouldn't have even said anything you're like what are you talking about this is my new ain't no jam. woman like the one I got. just keep like sitting it in his sleep next to him or it should have been like ain't a woman like the one I used to got yeah because <laughs> well, I mean, I'm not trying to brainwash them to people that are gram- grammatically responsible are turning rolling their eyes right now oh <laughs> their grammar P.S. I knew that was a mistake it was a play in the song uh-huh. damn it damn it alright everyone the bio but before i do let's just really quickly talk about uber lube our favorite lube ever if you don't know now you know go check it out uberlube.com and you'll know why it's our favorite lube i loved uber lube before we even knew about uber lube at shameless sex i've loved uber lube for about eight years and i've known about it for uh, a more intimate level in terms of working with them for six years uber lube is incredible it's long lasting it never gets sticky it's super silky no flavor no scent very body friendly and it is that kind of lube one you want all over your body two when you use it you say Holy shit, I had no idea lube could be this good. This is lubricant. Like, literally, people try it and they are blown away. It's not your average lube that you would buy at your drugstore. It's the kind of lube that you go and get at a nice sex shop like Pure Pleasure or at uberlube.com. And at uberlube.com, if you use coupon code SHAMELESSSEX in all caps, you get 10% off and free shipping. And then you'll listen to us talk about the future and be like, you know what? Yeah, I know what you're talking about. In fact, I've had listeners come to my workshops and they're like oh yeah i bought uber lube you two were right it's amazing so go find out and it's me in chicago 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 we love our midwest folks all right ready for a bio chip i can't wait melissa fritchley lmft is a holistic psychotherapist sex therapist a certified clinical trauma professional a certified mindfulness meditation teacher and the author of the conscious sexual self workbook she currently runs a private practice in santa cruz and offers online courses and she actually now has a course where she's training other professionals who are in the human sexuality or therapy realm on how to work with uh, trauma around sexuality. She'll talk more about that in this episode. To learn more about her, go to mf-therapy.com. And you can learn more about Melissa's offerings. Again, she can only be a therapist for you in California, but she has other offerings for folks outside of California that's not related to her being your therapist because there are restrictions within state. Are you ready, April and Legend? I do want to say that she has one of the most amazing dispositions of anyone. She's, She's incredible. so connective and wonderful. So I hope everyone enjoys this episode as much as we enjoyed recording. We did. We learned a lot and we did it for you. Let's do it. All right, everyone, episode time. This is a repeat guest. I'm not remembering the title of the podcast we did with you before, but this is Melissa Fritchley. Do yeah. you remember the title? Boundaries versus Edges. Yes. Oh, yeah. yes. Awesome. <laughs> yeah. So much has happened since then. A lot has happened. It feels like it's been a while. Yeah. It has. And now we're in, we love recording in person, but we live in Santa Cruz. 
We don't usually get to record in person. We usually over Zoom on video calls because not, not a lot of people live in Santa Cruz. But you live in Santa Cruz. Yes. So we're all hanging out <laughs> on my couch. You're drinking water. We're drinking wine. I know. <laughs> margins wine. <laughs> we needed this episode. We this did. This was a must do because we had a, a, we've had a, quite a few sex questions in regards to SSRIs, which are antidepressants, mm-hmm. uh, which are, come in a variety of different, uh, I guess, names and genres. Mm-hmm. And I think that the, the biggest piece of that for Amy and I was that we were uninformed mm-hmm. and we needed someone to help inform not only us, but also our listeners. And for folks out there that are on SSRIs, I don't know the percentage. I'm assuming it's quite a bit of folks. Yeah, a lot of people, I mean, a lot of people will suffer from depression. I think that's one in 20 Americans in their lifetime. Mm -hmm. Now, whether they choose to do med management for that or not, you know, the numbers are a little less, but yeah, it's a lot of people. And the other piece here you mentioned, you know, not everyone that is is uh, identifies as having depression will go on SSRI. So this podcast mm-hmm. is also for folks who just, you know, also have depression or anxiety or there's there's something there for you that's going on. Um, Which and we all suffer. Come on, from time to time, sure. no one's yes. ever yay yeah. rainbows and butterflies I, every my day. whole life sparkly mm-hmm. clean. Oh God, no! I mean, I'm right. a pretty positive, optimistic human. I suffer bouts of of serious. Uh, I guess it would be depression, yeah. and I've never sought treatment. And there have been times where I I definitely know that I've needed to speak to a therapist, and I have spoken to a therapist. Yeah. And if it gets to the point where you need some some actual prescription help, I think that it's great that we have those options. So, yeah. But okay. it affects your sex life. It does. I mean, all these things do. And I mean, one thing I'll say in terms of you guys feeling uninformed about it is the truth is like a lot of therapists aren't informed about how depression and anxiety and the meds affect sex. So... There's a lot of uninformed, <laughs> you know, and, and not a lot of people who are bridging that gap, mm-hmm. um, which is one reason why the field of sex therapy exists. And, you know, I'm, I'm happy to be a part of it, but people are going to have to kind of search out advocates and search out information, which is really unfortunate, but mm-hmm. it just is how it is right now. I'm happy that you're bridging the gap between the actual therapy realm and then and sexuality, um, and sexuality yeah. because yeah. that doesn't exist very were, often. Were you the one that told us or did we hear that somewhere else that uh, actual you know, counselors and therapists are only required something around the general is 10 hours is 10 hours yes sex education 10 hours that yeah. is so crazy it's it's yeah. completely crazy and they're not and none of that is speaking to um diagnoses and mm-hmm. and sexuality at all which yeah. is really sad because it pretty much any you know clinical diagnosis that someone's coming in with whether it's you know, depression, anxiety, OCD, ADHD, all of these things have an impact on somebody's sexuality. Mm -hmm. Um, So, you know, it'd be great if people could get the support around that. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Well, this is a good start. So can you explain to our listeners, let's just start, we'll get to the SSRIs in a minute, but can we start with just, you know, how do these things, depression, uh, anxiety, ADHD, all these things, how do they, and maybe this is a very broad question, but how do they affect sexuality? What are some mm-hmm. of the common experiences that people have in how it affects their sexual um, being? Yeah. Well, starting with depression, um, I mean, the, the easiest definition of depression is that it it's a time in your life where you can't take joy in things that would normally give you joy, mm-hmm. right? So it's pretty easy to imagine how that can affect sexuality. Um, But it has somatic components. I mean, usually with depression, people feel exhausted. They feel like 
just this heaviness in their body. It's difficult to motivate. It's difficult to do anything. Um, and so that translates into low libido for a lot of people as well. Um, what we're finding is, you know, they're, they're, there's a need to get more of that dopamine going, but then too much dopamine can kind of tank your sex drive as mm-hmm. well. Um, so that balance can be really hard for people. I think also, you know, depression, generally people are not feeling very good about themselves. Mm-hmm. So all the general stuff of self-esteem and feeling like you're desirable and that someone would want to be with you are really suffering during that time. Mm-hmm. So, um, I mean, depression's interesting because, there's such a range, you know, many of us, like you said, will have periods in our life where we're visiting depression, right? And, and it might be kind of low grade all the way up to people who have periods in their life where they really can't get out of bed, mm-hmm. where the depression is such that it takes over um, their functioning and everything. So there's a broad range. And what I find is like some people, um, you know, if it's it's a more mild version, but still clinical depression, may find that sexuality is the one place that they do get to feel alive. Mm. You know, and so they can really lean into sexuality if they have a partner and if they have um, an outlet in that way, or lean into masturbation because it does give them this momentary boost. I mean, it gives you oxytocin, it gives you the feel good endorphins and hormones. Um, so. It can happen that way too. You may see people who are suffering from depression who are saying, but my sexuality is a good place for me and it's a place of healing and it's a place where I feel connected. And then you'll find other people who said, my sexuality is just, it's off the table. It just doesn't even feel like an impulse that I would have anymore. Um, Their bodies feel numb frequently. I compared Um, it to dust. I always felt like when I was at like a super dark place, just dust. I felt like no drive. Yeah. 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 And so, I mean, of course, it's hard to respond, even if you have a partner who's trying to invite you in and who you would uh, at other times feel really attracted to and really excited by. If if your body and your mind is just saying, none of that sounds fun. Mm-hmm. Joy is just not available. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I mean, that's that's really what a lot of people are struggling with in that way. Mm-hmm. That's And yeah. that's so hard, whether you're in partnership or not, when you you just feel turned off, turned down, and just disconnected from you. And then there, and then there's that. And then you're already going through depression in other ways. Mm-hmm. So it's like it's carrying over into to sex, but you're already feeling this extreme low. So there's this other thing that I would imagine brings up this other, this whole other component that adds more challenges. Right. And if there's a relational component mm-hmm. of your partner feeling rejected mm-hmm. or frustrated in general or just not understanding mm-hmm. why that part of you isn't alive right now, mm-hmm. um, that can add to this, the sense of feeling inferior or shameful or whatnot mm-hmm. that clients, you know, really need the support to say, this is a real thing. Mm-hmm. It's, it's a physical thing. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, a lot of people can say when they have depression, it's, it feels similar to having a cold all of the time. Mm-hmm. You know, you're just that's tired. Like, that's yeah. like your body hurts, yeah. you know? Yeah. Um, and so, um, the medications in medication management is often just to sort of help people at least have that little boost so that they could start doing things mm-hmm. that will make them feel better. Sex might be one of them. Um, and I know we'll, we'll talk about sexual side effects from meds later. Um, but I think that's, it's really important for people to understand when you're going through periods of depression, um, you are neither, you know, uncommon if you reach out for sex as a place to give you a boost, or if you feel like sex is just something that you don't want to 
you know, don't want to reach for, don't want to engage with. Mm-hmm. It, it can really be either way. There's yeah. no norm in mm-hmm. that. Um, and everyone's just, everyone's different. Yeah. And yeah. You, you probably, I wouldn't look at social media that often if you're super depressed. That was something that right. I think is, it's, it's kind of depleting. Uh, at I least for it's me, adding Absolutely. to more world. I think it really is. I think it is. <laughs> Honestly, like bringing up more of this. That is, yeah. I mean, I want to get. That's a whole separate topic. Right. Yeah. Well, I mean, besides the comparing and the the mental stuff that could add to feeling depressed or feeling not great about yourself or your life that social media can bring, just sitting too much looking at screens too much i mean our depression and the body are so linked mm-hmm. and so there's you know one of the key things for getting over depression in the beginning is get outside and get mm-hmm. sunshine in your eyeballs nature every day oh i just got goosebumps right. when you said that because yeah. i felt like that yes yeah it really helps and and moving like a 20 minute walk and, right. I, and it's going to be hard it's too really hard. i heard this yeah. really like life hack thing so foods naturally grown foods that are uh different colors so oranges grow from the sun mm-hmm. so if you eat a sun uh, an orange in the sun, it can release so much dopamine mm. at a specific time period. And the same, there's, uh, I mean, the nutrition and food is so linked to Absolutely. your balance of your mind. Yes. So if you're feeling depressed, obviously this isn't, um, if you're clinically depressed, it's different. But if you're feeling like a really low day, and I've actually done this, and I can tell you, eating a piece of citrus and going out and sitting in the sunshine has totally boosted mm-hmm. like the smell of it and being like focused and meditative on what it does was so powerful mm-hmm. and lifted me into a different zone where right. I was like, okay, this is a new fucking day. I can do this <laughs> shit. I can do it. So anyway, side true. note, but totally interesting. It's true. I mean, so our lifestyle is not conducive you know to to positive mood mm-hmm. honestly no. for a lot of people and and as you said like taking walks and getting outside may not feel doable mm-hmm. for somebody who's it's hard really to get out of bed yes that that task like yeah i know you're saying that's better for me mm-hmm. i don't even know how to get out of my bed right now right and so that's yeah. i mean it's and that's when i would imagine that we will talk again about taking you know, different prescription yeah. drugs and things um, might be really necessary if that the first step of getting out of bed is almost impossible. Right. Right. Yeah. 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 And, and the other thing I would say is, you know, there are benefits to mood for orgasms, mm-hmm. right? Specifically. Um, so a lot of times what I'm seeing is people come in and say like, I thought that sex would help, um, you know, or I'm trying to have sex that in, in hopes it'll boost my mood, but they're not having enjoyable sex. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, just that it's constant like re- reminder. It's reiterating. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's like reaffirming the story uh, of whatever it is. I don't feel pleasure. I'm not worthy. Right. Yeah. Or if it's a stressful interaction with a partner, you know, all of those things play into it. Or so sex is a challenge or yeah. they didn't orgasm. I didn't orgasm. Something didn't happen that or I, broken. according yeah. to plan. Oh yeah. yeah. That can turn into a spiral. I'm sure. I'm not yeah. a therapist. Fuck. <laughs> I've felt these things before. Yeah. Oh. And I think people put pressure on themselves to think like, oh, if I just have sex, if I just do these things, then I will feel better. And to just know it. It's not that simple. Yeah. They're part of it and they can be things that can be helpful, but you might need other support and other people to talk to about how to make that more fun, how to make it more of a satisfying and easy, relaxing thing, mm-hmm. you know? Um, how can, yeah. so, I mean, this is like a, a tangent, but you mentioned partners. How can partners support partners who are, who have 
depression, yeah. you know, and, and, and it's, and it's, so say they're in a partnership, it's affecting their connection because connection isn't feeling, um, like it's as available as it once was. And there isn't a lot of sex happening. How can that partner learn to one support the other person to not take it super personally? Mm. I mean, imagine they need their own support. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. 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 I mean, I would say a few different things. I mean, one is to make it clear that it is okay to talk about the depression Mm -hmm. or whatever, you know, struggle somebody's going through. Because I think a lot of times people with depression, especially if it's pretty long lasting, just stop talking about it Mm -hmm. because they feel like, you know, nobody wants to hear anymore or it hasn't changed, you know, because from their perspective it hasn't. And so a lot of times with, with couples, um, or partners in general, I just say, you know, just have a a brief check-in every day, even like a numerical scale. Mm. Like how are you feeling on a scale of one to 10 with Mm. your depression right now? And so it's a nine today. That's, that's pretty significant Mm. or today's only a four and it helps both people just kind of keep that connection Mm. there and to say it, it still gets to be a topic that we, we can discuss Mm -hmm. and is okay. Um, and is relevant to me. Mm -hmm. Right. Um, I mean, the other pieces to tend to your own loneliness, Mm -hmm. right. Mm -hmm. Because it can be really lonely to have Mm -hmm. a partner who's struggling, whether it's depression or grief or any of these things. Um, and so what I see a lot of times is people, you know, people's partners saying, Oh, I need to just stay home and just sit on the couch too and do these things. And then it's, it it unfortunately then makes them less available, less joyful. Right. Like perpetuates what's happening. Yeah. And so they can sort of sink together into this isolation. And so to say really like find ways that you can still tend to yourself and go out and do things, Mm -hmm. maybe go out and socialize, exercise, dance, do what you do that makes you happy and have time when you're home and together. Mm -hmm. Right. So there's a balance there. Yeah. And what about anxiety too? Because I mean, I think that they're both really, depression and anxiety are both really common. Yeah. I mean, because anxiety is a different experience. Depression is is often more of this low, I forgot exactly the words used, but it was, it felt pretty spot on. Mm -hmm. Um, Anxiety is, is more of this. The worry of the what ifs. Mm -hmm. Yeah. The the future sounds fucking terrifying. Depression is kind of like everything's fucked and. And anxiety is like, what if everything's fucked? That's right. how I look at it. Yeah. And that's just my like real talk right there. Yeah. I mean, a shorthand when we talk about it within, within the therapy community is depression is focused on the past yeah. and how difficult things have been um, and not a lot of sense of the future, mm-hmm. right? It's hard to be motivated. And anxiety is focused almost exclusively on the future, but in a fear. See, I liked my way. rendition. <laughs> Everything is Everything fucked. Is Everything's fucked. fucked. Well, well, no. Everything will be fucked. Everything. Yeah. Well, and anxiety, they, I mean, they feel, feel different. Because uh, I've I felt anxiety before. It feels like I'm going to die any minute. Yes. Yes. And every second in anxiety feels like an eternal. Eternity. And I only have feel anxiety and just like little bounce based on some like relationship drama or whatever that is. But mm-hmm. I do know that some people live in it. Yes. Oh, and yeah. that yeah. is intense. And the cortisol is just oh ah, elevated. I have friends that are like very close friends that live in a constant state of anxiety. Mm-hmm. And I feed off a lot of energy. That's why I love the calming energy of you sex therapist <laughs> slash therapist. I was like, yes, feed my soul right now. But it's so stressful. It is. It's, scary. Very, it's very heady. It's, it's so not, heady. I, I think for when anxiety, mm-hmm. I mean, you can elaborate more on this and depression too. Meditation is the only cure really for anxiety, like a full-blown cure <laughs> is just focusing on the now. But it sometimes really is. 
it's hard. It's very to hard to sit. Like yeah. so, when I say that, like I've for me when I people like, oh yeah, you have anxiety, go meditate. Like I can't fucking sit right now. Are you serious? Right. So right. like maybe walking meditations or dance meditations mm-hmm. or maybe, and I would love for you to elaborate too. But sometimes anxiety med- sitting and meditating isn't. Is not available. Right. You know, I mean, I, I think to be clear, anxiety is just a nice clinical word for fear. Yeah. People are in fear, right? And you're, and so that's a very physical reaction to that. You're in fight, flight, or freeze, um, which can have various effects on you. Um, and I think a lot of times we, we recognize more the fight or flight. That's, you know, you're thinking, you're problem solving, you're talking fast, you're moving fast maybe. Um, but freeze happens for people too, where you just feel paralyzed and can't really do anything. Um, and so sometimes that can even look almost like depression, right? Like somebody who's just, I, I can't go out, I can't function, I can't think of what to do. And they kind of numb out and space out. Um, and then, of course, there's all the way into panic disorder and things like that where people have active panic attacks where you feel like you're dying. You can't breathe. Your heart is beating fast. Right. Um, and so all of these things are incredibly physical. So the effect on the body, the, you know, the body is a, is a survival tool first and foremost. And so the body says, like, if I'm in fear sex is not a priority. Oh, of course not. <laughs> right. Yeah. Right. Right. We're not preparing for that. We're doing some like role play kind of thing, but that's not usually right. part of that agenda. Yeah, that's that's more <laughs> yeah. excitement than actual You're fear. You're Tarzan. Probably. I'm a tiger. <laughs> Chase me. <laughs> right. Right. So so it's it's shutting down those systems in the body mm. and it's saying, no, we need to be prepared to fight, flight, or free, freeze right now mm. because we're in actual danger. Mm. Um So it makes sense, again, for people who are in a lot of anxiety that their libido is not not present and that their body isn't responding Mm -hmm. in the way they would like it to. So it might be difficult to get an erection. Mm -hmm. It might be difficult to lubricate and and let your tissues, you know, swell to a point where it's going to feel good. Your body's Um, focusing on something else. Right. There's some right. other problem here that it's yes. focusing on. So sex is not what all the the natural tendencies of erections and lubrication are going to. Right. So that right. makes yeah, that makes perfect sense. Your body's yeah. letting you know there's a thing here mm-hmm. that I want you to to focus on here and instead I mean a lot of folks and I I've done that before to try to override it by Okay, I see you thing over here. There's this, these symptoms of this thing that I need to tend to. But I'm going to override you and put some lube on and do this thing still. Mm. And then I'm just creating more issues for myself. It can be. Mm. I mean, maybe sometimes that can help people get a break and give their body a different experience. But, I mean, truly when your your body is in fear, your blood flow is going to your external muscles. It's going to your limbs. Mm. It's not going to your genitals mm-hmm. in particular. Or what happens sometimes for people with penises is... Um, if they're able to be sexual with somebody, they will um, orgasm or ejaculate very quickly mm. because their body's basically saying, mm, there's some danger out there. We shouldn't be doing this right now. Yeah. We should be getting this done so yeah. that you can, um, you know, get out of this dangerous situation. Mm. So do you, okay. And, and, and this is just a candid kind of question. SSRIs uh, and anxiety medication do they have the same effect on sexuality and sex drive? I, I know every human's different, so right. it depends on the scenario. So that's like a very wide uh, question. However, uh, I, I just, I'm, I'm curious if you know any, any, yeah. anything about that. I mean, in general, what, what would be prescribed for anti-anxiety have less sexual side effects than the SSRIs and mm-hmm. antidepressants. I mean, we can talk more about 
that, you know, as we go. Mm-hmm. Um, but in general, that happens. It doesn't mean there's necessarily no. And there's other kinds of side effects as you start with medications to see if it's right fit for you. Mm-hmm. So, for example, you know, I've definitely had clients with anti-anxiety meds who have months of nausea. You know, oh, not really going to make you. I am nauseous, <laughs> you know, um, or things like that. And so it, it can be a really frustrating process, mm-hmm. whichever kind of meds you're starting to see if it's going to be an okay for fit for you, if your body's going to tolerate it, um, what combination is going to be the right amount, mm-hmm. you know, all of those pieces. Um, what's interesting about anxiety is that our mind and our body doesn't differentiate between um, a fear scenario that we're imagining mm. and real fear in real life. Oh, yeah. You have the so same the survival exact. instincts that kick in if you yeah, are getting chased by a lion. Yeah. yeah. So this is the idea of it. Right. Uh-huh. Which yeah. is, it's, it makes sense because we're yeah. conditioned biologically to run for our lives. And right. then, I, and I know that zinging feeling, right? Right. right. Where you yeah. really feel like if you've almost had a car accident mm-hmm. and that is our yeah. biological, Just, it's so fast. Yeah. And right. that is people are, nowadays are living in that state more than they ever have before, Right. which is right. so hard on our bodies, it is which really hard. I, is, is why I'm thankful for some sort of I guess like prescription drugs, if they really do work, I just get worried about the side effects and sex is one of them. And sex is one of them. Um, Yeah. But I mean, and the thing I would say about anxiety is that people have to learn to make more space for sex so that they can try to drop down into it. Because if you have generalized anxiety, even with medication management, um, you know, like you said, you're going through your work day. It's a stressful thing. You've been in the car. Traffic has been stressful. You're annoyed. You're, you know, worrying about this or that. That's never going to make sex you know, the best experience it could be. You know, come home right. and you're like, I'm a horny. I was just in the car for two hours. <laughs> right, right, right. Like my level of like anxiety was yeah. I used to commute and I'm not trying to turn this into me real quick, but an hour and a half <laughs> from how you Newport that. Beach oh to Burbank every day for two and a half years. And my cortisol level was like, I feel like I have a vein that's permanently extended <laughs> from the amount of road rage I had. And that's not healthy. No, no. And that's the thing. <sighs> I think people, you know, we've, we've compartmentalized sexuality so much. And we have this model of sort of an 18 year old person's version of sex. Like mm-hmm. you're just going to walk down the street and want to have sex. Mm-hmm. I and mean, it's just going to happen because your body's so primed and it's so ready for it. And the thing is that that isn't the way most of us mm-hmm. are most of the time. Once you get, get past that, you know, highly hormonal phase. Um, and and so do all of these things affect us. And so I think that people don't take it. They feel like there's something wrong with them that sex isn't happening because they think it's supposed to be separate from mm-hmm. all these other things and all these other life stressors. And sometimes it, we're in a really lovely, blessed out position in which sex does get to be a separate compartment that you visit. Um, but for most people, that isn't the case. And typically mm-hmm. if it does happen and you are in a blissed out sexual space, it has an expiration date. Right. It, it ebbs yeah. and flows. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So yeah. enjoy those moments. Embrace those. Take some photos. <laughs> so I can go back to those. <laughs> yes. But uh, it doesn't happen forever. Right. And so really thinking about, you know, whether it's depression or anxiety or another one that affects um, sexuality a lot is ADHD, honestly, mm-hmm. is oh. thinking about the fact that you're going to need to make 
consciously make space in your life for sex and know what you need to do to get into that mind space, Mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. And so it might be you need to take a bath, you know, and have some downtime or you need to go to yoga or you and your partner need to sit and have a venting session and then, you know, regroup. Everybody's different in what they need to, to move their mental Mm-hmm. headspace into a sexual place um but really encouraging people to think about it because mm-hmm. as you said all of us are going to kind of visit these places on maybe a non-clinical level we're all going to have times in our life where we're more anxious or fearful for whatever reasons we're going to have times in our life where we're feeling down mm-hmm. for sure um and so knowing how to tend to yourself in that way is really important yeah it sounds mm-hmm. like there's a lot so these are there's all these ways that I imagine you work with the clients on. I imagine your first thing isn't let's get you on some medication. You know, yeah. It's, yeah. it's let's talk about all these other things. There's meditation. There's all these tools of like, what do you need before you have sex? Do you need to plan sex? And, and you know, what is your self-care practices, et cetera. Mm-hmm. And then if all of those things are not um, helping them move forward wherever they want to go, mm-hmm. then there's other things that they can do. Right. Yeah. So, so I'm going to bring up some questions that we have here from some folks. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'll bring up, I'll start with this question. Um, and so, so we, people have been sending us sex questions again, April and I um, have decided that it's, it's not, we're, we are not equipped to talk about this. So that's why we have this episode. <laughs> um, so the first question from someone, I have been taking Effexor, an antidepressant for three years. Sex has become difficult, difficult erections, mm-hmm. difficult to be pleasured, painful ejaculation. My wife is also frustrated because she loves penetration and I just don't feel anything. I'm mm-hmm. at a point where I'm faking orgasm just to stop intercourse. Mm-hmm. It really takes intense stimulation like a magic wand for me to come. Can I overcome these side effects without stopping pills or is it just in my head right it is not in your head Mm -hmm. um sadly so with ssris which is the most common form of antidepressant what's the acronym for selective serotonin reuptake inhibitor Uh (laughs) so and uh, we definitely don't have time to go into what all that means but um but 75% of people who take SSRIs say they have sexual side effects. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Right. It, yeah. This is not a minimal amount, yeah. <laughs> right? Yeah. It's, it's very much a part of it. Um, and those include like lower libido in general, mm-hmm. but exactly the things that this person is writing in about. Mm-hmm. It includes erectile difficulties. Painful um, ejaculation. Painful ejaculation, yes. Um, low arousal physically in general mm-hmm. for um, people with penises or people with vulvas. Um, duration and intensity of orgasm changes yeah. dramatically for people. Mm-hmm. Um, so what I hear about a lot is like, I still have an orgasm, but it doesn't feel like much. Mm-hmm. It just sort of is like, meh. You know, um, or like they, they can feel their body going through those processes. They can feel like oftentimes like the lasting thing that people feel is, is the contraction feeling. Mm-hmm. Um, but they don't really feel pleasure yeah. sensation mm-hmm. um, or the orgasm is is weak um, in that case. Um, loss of sensation, sometimes just numbness. And that's in, for nipples as well as genitals. Um and then, of course, we're adding in also side effects such as fatigue mm-hmm. and weight gain that are side effects of SSRIs. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, the, it's, it is sort of a bleak picture. Mm-hmm. And as a holistic therapist, I generally am going to say, like, well, let's see if you can do behavior modification, the least invasive thing first. Mm-hmm. But for some people, they just simply can't 
do those things without some help from medication. Is there usually an expiration date to SSRIs? Is it like try it for this amount of time and if you just don't want the side effects, then try other stuff? I mean, that's... So, unfortunately, that that hasn't been my experience of the way that doctors approach oh. approach it. Again, I want to be clear. I'm a, I'm a licensed marriage and family therapist. I'm a sex therapist. I don't prescribe meds. Mm-hmm. So, but I work with people, obviously. You're like who... cleaning up the doctor's work. <laughs> yeah. I, yeah. So, I'm, I'm often medicine. the one talking to them yeah. about the effects and the side effects. The things and things that like the that. doctors aren't, aren't often aren't right. doing. Yeah. Okay. But what, what tends to happen a lot is there's a sense of like you get on this and you stay on it forever. Mm-hmm. Um, it doesn't have to be that way, though. But but what I would say is people have to advocate for themselves that they want it to be a short term mm. thing, that they want you know they want to see if they can get to a point. And that's one of the things you might talk about with a therapist is what are the goals and places that you want to get to that then you could think about. Okay, I'm managing. I've got these. You know, I I'm going to exercise. I have. I am socializing. I'm building these things back in my life. Now might be an okay time to try to get off medications mm-hmm. or wean off. And, and that's a really important part is you, you can't go off cold turkey. It's definitely important to do that with a doctor, some medication management to step down because a lot of them do have withdrawal symptoms. So it's goal well. setting objectives and yeah. getting to that space. Okay. Yeah. And seeing someone that perhaps is out of the Western medical range where it's yes. not necessarily a doctor, but get a therapist, get a coach yes. that can help you in other ways, emotional support system yes. that are outside of your network of friends. Yeah. Well, which is and, helpful. Yeah. and I just want to, I want to say this in a way that is not insensitive. I don't really know how. Um, so I'm just going to say it. <laughs> I know how many doctors are just writing prescriptions and throwing pills at something before and people who are just relying mm-hmm. on that and them. Yeah. Without trying all these other things, and it's you know we're seeing that depression, anxiety, um, and so many things that are happening are related to trauma. ADHD, you say, is related to trauma. So um, it seems important that if someone, I I personally am like, okay, if someone's going to prescribe for someone to get on Wellbutrin, Cymbalta, all these things, Mm -hmm. it should also be prescribed that they work with a therapist too. That would make more sense. At the same time. Build a foundation of some sort. Because you're not getting to the core. Right. It it isn't. (laughs) Um, And I do think, you know, at least here in California and other places, doctors are getting a, a more holistic perspective, Western medical doctors of saying like, these kind of things, exercise, mm-hmm. happiness, you know, um, those things are important. They're unfortunately not doing a lot of trauma screening, mm-hmm. which I do think a lot of depression and anxiety both have trauma backgrounds for people um, that is just not being addressed or talked about. Um, but, but you know, yeah, your your Western medical doctor has 15 minutes mm-hmm. with you yeah. on a regular <laughs> basis. Um, and a lot of people aren't going to psychiatrists. Mm-hmm. Um, they're going to their GP, mm-hmm. you know, to get a prescription. Um, so the GP isn't, you know, necessarily skilled at doing all these assessments. That's mm-hmm. It's not their field. Um, I know here in Santa Cruz, I was just talking to another therapist about this recently, like, people can't get in with psychiatrists Mm. because there's so few of them. There's months wait long lists. So 
I understand why people go to who they need to go to. Um, because they're looking for a fix. They're right. like, yeah. I am I right. they're I am sad. Yeah. I need yes. help. And yes. I respect that. Yes. Mm-hmm. It totally makes sense. And to just know that you can advocate and having a therapist who can help you talk about, you know, what are the goals and steps to get you to a place where maybe you will eventually either taper down because you want to be on the minimal dose as possible. Mm -hmm. That's really important. And that will help with the side effects. Yeah. Right. If you can taper it down to the minimal dose that you need to feel better, the side effects will hopefully taper down as well for Mm -hmm. people. Right. Which is really important. The other piece that what people will do um, is add another um, medication that can help. So for example, Wellbutrin mm-hmm. is often added to an antidepressant mm-hmm. regimen because it helps to counteract the sexual side effects. Mm-hmm. Oh. And that, so someone wrote here, this is a testimonial oh, here. Mm-hmm. from someone that I'll read. It's mm-hmm. not really a question. So this person said, I had my first appointment with my doctor Monday and she virtually guaranteed she could get me off my Cymbalta completely with Wellbutrin, which then might be eliminated after a short time uh, as short as as short as well a short time as well Mm -hmm. why Wellbutrin you ask it doesn't have sexual side effects takes a week or less to get to efficacy most SSRIs and SNRIs are between four to six weeks and often helps with chronic pain Mm -hmm. this is for a thyroid issue I think she said that one danger is that it can add some non-normal irritability that usually subsides in a week or so again this is just what someone's experienced but so they were commenting on that Wellbutrin so Wellbutrin is not an SSRI no. Okay. Yeah, it's it's used for it as an antidepressant piece, but there's other things besides SSRIs. There's uh-huh. MAOIs. There's uh-huh. um, all sorts of different approaches, and Wellbutrin's one of the newer ones. Um, it's specifically used because of sexual side effects. It doesn't have as many. In fact, for some people, can increase libido. Mm-hmm. Um, Wellbutrin has a little bit more of a flavor of um, like anti-anxiety actually mm-hmm. right it's so for some people they feel like that that sort of censoring um kind of goes away a little bit it can mm-hmm. sort of help with those those processes for people mm-hmm. um but what i what i see a lot is for people who co- go into their doctor and talk about the sexual side effects that adding wellbutrin might be a good fit if you feel like i i like the effect i'm ha- it's having uh, my depression is lifting i'm feeling better i don't want to totally change the plan right now because it's scary for a lot of people yeah um and so if something's working for you that might be an option that your doctor would would talk about but again you would have your doctor do you and be like hey i'm just gonna add some well boot into my agenda (laughs) yeah yeah yeah. and and, you know that's that's the other piece i would say is a lot of people don't really talk about the sexual side effects with their doctors Mm -hmm. um so again you have to be the one to advocate and say not only am i experiencing this but sexuality is important to me, mm-hmm. right? Because a lot of doctors will treat it with a lot of indifference. Like, oh, that's the least of your concerns. Mm. Well, screw you. You know, like, yeah. you know, it's actually sex not. is important. It's yeah. right. one of the most important pieces of connecting to ourselves and to the people that yeah. we either are in partnerships with or perhaps we're seeking out and wanting to have partnerships with or connection to and ourselves. And this brings me to my next question. Oh, perfect. Yeah. <laughs> and this may have been from the person that asked about Effexor. I can't accept that. Effexor, I can't tell if it's connected or not. 
They say, I fear my depression is likely to interfere with any prospects of a relationship. Off and on, I tried therapy to no success. My acknowledgement of enjoying BDSM or porn led therapists to assume that my recreational activities attributed to the depression. So here's an example of a terrible experience with a therapist and the information that was shared. And P.S. Therapy, you can't judge therapy just on a single uh, therapist you have to kind of it's it's almost like dating get yeah. a referral or find someone that is in line and if they shame you and tell you hey oh, maybe fuck. your yeah. weird things in bdsm are causing your depression you go find another therapist real quickly who right. like because i know that you work with clients who of uh, who find someone like you yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> which is not that easy to do and so i mean yeah i mean the first thing that i would say to that person is one i'm really sorry yeah. that that happened and that was an uninformed Mm -hmm. therapist Mm -hmm. who was overstepping their scope of expertise Mm -hmm. (laughs) right their own (laughs) discomfort with these things and or lack of knowledge or they had 10 hours of sex education in their degree right yes and so you know they might be seeing something that for them would be scary or would be you know upsetting but they're not able to understand that for somebody else sexual intensity Mm -hmm. and consensual you know bdsm practices can be a really healthy thing and a really healing thing it's definitely you know helps the nervous system to activate. So if people are experiencing depression, um, to have a really high intensity experience might be something like depression's opposite of anxiety in a way in that you you actually want to get your fight or flight up a little mm-hmm. like you want your body to engage that like sense of yeah. wanting to live and be you know be fighting Feel a little aliveness. bit. Uh-huh. Yeah. And so that that instinct to go there is a really healing instinct, mm-hmm. right? Um, but absolutely most therapists are probably not well equipped, mm-hmm. right? Um, they'll have their own take on it, and so that's one of those times when I would say, um, if you're in the kink community, if you're in, um, you know, if you're polyamorous, mm-hmm. if you know, if you're queer in any way, mm-hmm. tr- you're going to have to really screen and try to find a therapist who will be supportive, who will have some understanding, mm-hmm. um, probably a sex therapist, you know, specifically who has who cares about those things and thinks again that sex is an important part of life because mm-hmm. I mean, uh, other therapists may not think that just by virtue of being a therapist and doesn't mean they, they think sex is important. And exactly. One of the beauties about this modern day and age, you know, if you live in the middle of nowhere and you don't have these sex, right. positive, ther- sex positive therapists in your area, so many of them are working online now. Yeah, Do you see clients that's online? So true. I just, don't see clients don't, okay. online yet because I'm yeah. somatic. So I really like to see yeah, the their body. body. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and in California, you have to work with people within the state. Oh, That's how our license yeah. is. Yeah, when you're a licensed therapist. Yeah, so you'd yeah. find somebody in your state. But, I mean, even if you live in, you know, Ohio in some town that only has 10,000 people in mm-hmm. it and you can't find a sex-positive therapist, you can find one online in Ohio yes. somewhere. I mean, yes. it's, it's pretty likely. And there's a website called Kink Aware Professionals um, that people can have memberships to and they have referrals in all different states, right? And I think it's really, really important because there is so much misunderstanding and you know professional shaming that happens um, for people who experience absolutely healthy sexuality consensual sexuality that's within a realm of bdsm kink all all those different things so yeah Mm -hmm. i definitely advocate for people to find find the right person to talk to how do okay so then you don't work do you have you have you have online course I have some online courses mostly for training professionals Uh I do a lot I mean this is exactly why I 
I'm really passionate about training other professionals because (laughs) it's, it's much needed. It's much needed. I I hate hearing these stories where somebody got shamed or just didn't get supported or what I hear. I mean, in a very benign way is people saying I went in and tried to talk about my sexuality and the therapist just shut it down and we never talked about it again, which reiterated that it's shameful Mm -hmm. to talk about sex. And now you're, and maybe to the defense of the therapist, they were just uncomfortable and didn't know what advice to give, which I can feel like it's, you know, understandable. However, shaming someone is just so sad to me because if I didn't know, I I would say, I I don't know, Mm -hmm. let me figure it out or let Mm -hmm. me find a a path that can, that can help you next time. Right. And contact one of my other amazing Mm -hmm. uh, friends that's hopefully well rehearsed in the sex realm. Right. Having referrals is really important for therapists um, or coaches or whomever, just Mm -hmm. to know those areas where you're like, yeah, this isn't, this isn't something I have a lot of information in or, or it's not something I'm comfortable and that's fine. You know, mm-hmm. we can't expect to be comfortable with everything. That's too strong. <laughs> you know, yeah. this is too, too much enlightenment for one person. Um, but to know and to be able to say, but, but this is absolutely a common and healthy thing and I want to refer you. And I do just want to drop in there that studies of the BDSM community have found no higher rates of trauma, mm-hmm. depression, anything like that. So the implication that there's a link there is is definitely just wrong. Yeah, it just means the person hasn't looked at the research. I wonder about studies who uh, actually uh, checked in with the BDSM com- community of folks who like really embrace their kinky side. Um, the effects of how much more awesome their lives are <laughs> than the average folks who aren't embracing those parts of themselves you know the aliveness and the you know it's 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 just honoring a part not i'm not saying in any way that everyone should be kinky i'm saying that people who have found their outlets towards whatever really speaks to their soul and their aliveness whether it's sexuality or not and they embrace and they live it often have pretty fucking awesome lives right and people who um feel really shamed by the world which is a lot of people and are are still living under the the premise or the idea of the story of who they need to be feel caged yeah and in turn empty or whatever is dull or depressed or all that stuff and so you know it's it's not this the wild alternative things that the people are doing that is hurting the people unless it's out of uh, non-consensual acts it's um it's the the ways that people are feeling limited and being them absolutely i mean i think it's it's there's lots of ways to invest in your sexuality and, you know, being, being a part of a kink community or even just kinky with your partner or whatever the case may be is means you're investing yeah. in, and investing in your sexuality is investing in you. Um, I'm, I'm claiming the title more and more of pleasure activist, I like that. right? Yeah. I think it pleasure is really important. Mm-hmm. And any of these things, like any clinical diagnosis, any difficult life event that we're trying to recover from, that means recovering our pleasure yeah. in, in all these different areas, pleasure in the food you eat, pleasure in just being in your body, mm-hmm. pleasure in your sexuality, mm-hmm. you know, and there's happily lots of paths to it. Yeah. Right? Thank <laughs> goodness. Yes. <laughs> thank goodness for the internet and the technology. So will you tell our listeners, speaking of those, um, how they find out more? I know that you, so you have this workshop that the workshop that is coming up is for other folks who are already in the therapy educator realm, um, but also if they want to work with you in, in that realm or um, do sessions with you, how can they find you? How can they work with you? Yeah. So my website is um, mf-therapy.com and you can, you know, 
come in and be a client. I also do intensives for pe- couples or other relationship units, three or four people if there's a poly unit, um, where they can come and spend a weekend in Santa Cruz and do sort of intensive chunks of therapy with me. Um, you still have to be a California resident to work with me in that way. Um, but I'm also really, really excited to be offering a trauma-informed sex-positive therapy training program. I, we're doing the first year of it this year. It's such an amazing group of clinicians. We have sex coaches. We have therapists. We have people who specialize in working with kids, people who specialize in working with elderly all of these people are coming and um, really bridging this gap between what is trauma, trauma recovery, but that's sex positive. Because what I found is one of the things that really bummed me out in the field is that these were sort of two different camps professionally. It was either we talked about trauma and the wounding of sexuality or we were sex positive and sort of ignored the fact that people were being wounded and said it's all about, you know, just not being repressed and just enjoying yourself. Um, and they weren't bridging these two. Um, and so I've really put together, it's a 50 hour training program that people get a certification when they're completed. Um, and we talk about, you know, one of the things that happens is in trauma recovery, there's phases of treatment. And in every model I ever saw, it was like, you wait to deal with sexual issues until the third phase. It's like this little add on like, Oh, right. Cause then you're just perfecting your life, you know? And in my experience, almost all of my clients are being actively sexual through all of those phases um, and want that sexual support and could use their sexual experiences as a way to heal. Right. The, the, all the different sexual skills and sexual things that you could be doing um, can help with healing, connecting to your body, helping your nervous system relax, all those things. Um, but, but yeah, as we've already said, there's not a lot of therapists or doctors who are looking at it that way. So right doc, this is for like doctors, like an MD could take this training too. This is for anyone who's working in the I help people realm. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah, absolutely. Please, everyone listening, go, right. who is in that realm? And it's going to, it's going to be in Santa Cruz. That um, therapist that the, oh yeah, this person's the therapist. Listener. I know. <laughs> yeah. so listening. A little, uh, I, note I have a feeling them. they don't listen to shameless sex. I know. <laughs> but they Perhaps could. They could. They could send a they suggested could. email, the, the listener that wrote in. Hey, so by the way, yeah. When is when is the training? We're in 2019, everyone, but it starts in 2020? Yes. yes. So okay. I'm still, we're finishing one group right now, and they'll also be on the website as referral sources, so you can look for them. Um, they'll be graduating in September. Mm. Um, the next training starts in January 2020 and okay. goes through July, um, but it's just two in-person, like, four-day retreats mm-hmm. that we do intensives and then online and that that has its own website trauma informed sex positive therapy.com awesome so, and yeah. if you come and do that um april night this year won't be at the training i hope to do it next year because <laughs> i'm really set in sexological body work this year but if you do it notify us and april and i will come have coffee with you yeah i, just there you that. <laughs> I would love that <laughs> yeah, yeah i love your energy you have uh, such like a connected yeah. beautiful way it's integrated like it's fully <laughs> yes. your energy is fully integrated of all the things like mind body and spirit that you can tell it's this holistic yeah, yeah you're yeah. not judgy or yeah. you're just i don't well informed mm-hmm. and really tuned in mm-hmm. and it's really I, I don't know i appreciate it and um 
Your dog's humping Do you arm. know how to get... Do you have a dog prison? No. <laughs> I can send those animals if he's humping my arm right now. I locked him up for he most of the podcast. You. <laughs> he really loves me. Who's the yeah. alpha now? Um, I know. <laughs> so before we end, everyone, um, Melissa, thank you. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you so much for coming and filling yeah. in this really important um, gap in this this conversation. I'm sure, and we'll have you back. What yeah. is our next topic? I don't know. We talked to you. Yeah, we're there's so there's many layers and yeah. levels. Yeah. Even when we started talking about this, it kind of really, it kind so of much stemmed more. to this the, these other pieces of this massive puzzle. Right. And granted, Western medicine is so it's available and the obvious choice for a lot of folks that don't have alternative medicine. Mm-hmm. I think holistic approaches they take more time for a lot of people. They're not, an, uh, you know, the the quick fix. I'm going to have a flip a switch and I'm going to feel better. Right. However, they're so effective because you're doing almost this foundational work that uh, is hard, mm-hmm. but it's so necessary. So thank you. Yes. I just want to thank you from the bottom of my heart, too. Mm-hmm. Thank you. Yeah. And I will just say to your listeners, like, this is a huge topic. Yeah. And the main, the, yeah, <laughs> the main thing to take from it is if, you, if you're struggling with depression, if you're struggling with anxiety, um, if you're struggling with trauma recovery or grief or anything like that, there are people out there that you can talk to and, there, and sexuality is important. You have a right to make it important. You have a right to care about it. Um, and so, you know, do what you can advocate to find someone who will, who will support that for you yeah. for sure. Beautiful. I love that. I'm so, so happy that we did this. Yeah. I and, okay. I just want to do a, sh- a shout out to the reason. So I, I put a call to action maybe on Facebook saying shameless sex needs someone to come and talk about this topic. And I won't use your last name. But our friend Katie <laughs> said, what about Melissa Fridgley? And yeah. I was like, how did I not think about that? <laughs> We've had her on the podcast before. So thank you, Katie. If you're listening, <laughs> thanks, Katie. For it. Yeah. <laughs> thank you, Katie. Melissa. Yeah, thank you. And, and to all of our listeners uh, who don't know about Margins Wine. Actually, Amy and I have been drinking the Pinot Noir, which was a new release. We just... It might be sold out, but you should probably sold out. But sign up. Check it out. Go to marginswine.com and see why Amy and I love it so much. We've been talking about Margins Wine now for over a year and for good reason. It's not because we are getting paid. Honestly, it's not. It's because we fucking love the wine. We're not getting paid. Exactly. That's what I'm saying. It's not because, that's it, because it's completely authentic. We're not getting paid for that shit. We love the wine. So check out marginswine.com. Sign up for Megan Bell's email list. She's the winemaker. She's one that makes magic. All right, y'all, we got to go. We got to do some things. My dog has to hump my arm half the time and be a kind of a crazy animal. And I love animals and I love all of you. And I love Amy and I love Melissa. And I'm so thankful for this day and all the other days. And I hope that you all took something great from this podcast because I really did. I learned so much. And all right, we're going to see you next Tuesday. Ciao for now. Don't forget to head on over to our website at shamelesssex.com for more. And for 15% off of some of our favorite sex toys, use coupon code SHAMELESSPP in all caps at purepleasureshop.com.